0: Tonight we're going to talk about something that joins us together as all humanity. It's a tough subject, but it's the reality of what we've been redeemed from, and that is the fall of mankind. For every Christian that has given their life to the Lord has been freed from that. But sometimes the tendencies and characteristics of the fall of man can creep back into our life just like it did with Adam and Eve. Throughout history you can hear it in music and in literature, you can hear it, uh, see it in books and in paintings uh, it's the fall of man. It's been depicted in the Garden of Eden. Many things. I've been privileged to to go to the Vatican City and and see the Sistine Chapel where there's 13 panels on the ceiling. Excuse me, 33 panels on the ceiling, and it talks about uh, God and and then the, he's separating the the firmament and creating the earth and creating man. And the big one that everyone knows is where God is sticking out his finger like this, and and man is kind of like this, and creation becomes. A reality. The Bible says that, that God breathed through his nostrils his spirit into Adam and He became alive. Think about that Adam waking up and seeing God. Whoa, I don't know about you in my time of study thinking about that. The biggest thing that that we have in the fall of man is we have good news. Now maybe you didn't hear me. The thing about the fall of man is that we have good news. Garden of Eden. Everyone say Eden. Eden is not necessarily the garden. The scripture pulls that out. Is that God created Eden, and on the east part of Eden, God created a garden. So the Garden of Eden is the region. Eden is the region of where Adam was. But in this region was a garden, and they add ideo idei. It says that it's the place of pleasure, the place of delight. Uh, Adam had it pretty good. Uh, Maybe you didn't hear me. Adam had it pretty good. And in all those things, uh, how many of you know that sometimes when God even blesses us today, uh, if we're so focused on the blessing, we can miss the will of God. Uh, maybe you didn't catch that. Many times I've, I've helped, not only me, but others have prayed for people and said, God, bless me with finances, bless me with a job, bless me with a business. And then all of a sudden you don't see him at church anymore. Because they get caught up in the pleasure and the delight of the blessing. They get caught up in their own little Eden, if you will. We're going to cover some things that are, that are kind of difficult and challenging. But it's the reality of what's still on the earth today. Is that corrupt nature. You don't have to go far from Ocala or even from the front doors of our church and see all kinds of travesties happening in families. People killing people. Drug addiction. And it's not about the sin. It's about the fallen nature of humankind. And many times I've sat in my office with people and they're telling me their story. And basically what it is, is the fallen nature has wreaked havoc in their life. And it's the seriousness, and it might be you here tonight, but I'm here to tell you it's not about the sin nature. It's not about your sin. It's about the redemption of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. It's about the redemption of Jesus Christ. But in order to really understand what that redemption is, we have to know and acknowledge Uh, The apologetics, if you will, or what we believe concerning the fall of man. Original sin did not originate in the Garden of Eden. It originated in the throne room of God with a guy named Lucifer. Lucifer said some things and felt some things. And and how many of you know when you go up against God, you're not going to win? I've tried it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Lucifer and the fall from heaven is explained in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. And in Isaiah 14, we've heard a lot of things regarding scripture, but it's actually a, a funeral dirge. You have heard, you know, these dirges, these things. Because Isaiah begins to prophesy some things against three kingdoms, Babylon, Assyria, and the Philistines. He also prophesies things against Israel themselves, because during this time, Israel was split, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. Northern Israel, or Israel, began to become into an alliance with these kings, so they could defeat Assyria. Have you ever gotten into alliance with some people maybe you shouldn't have? Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And these alliances cause you to go further than you want to go and cost you more than you want to pay. Sin does that to people. The fallen nature does that to people. And it says here in Isaiah 14 verses 12 and 14, it says, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. And it says, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened, which means to bow down and topple the nations. And it says, for you have said in your, what's that word there? Heart. Heart, I will ascend to heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Last scripture here. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation of the farthest side of the north. And here we start to see Lucifer. Everyone say Lucifer. God did not create Satan. He created Lucifer. But Lucifer, when he chose, became Satan. Now listen to me closely, please. God does not create things that are in a corrupt nature. He's a perfect God. And because it's perfection, the Bible says in the book of Ezekiel, and, and as, we, as, we, as I'm going to read this to you, it's not going to come up. It says, "...thus says the Lord God, and he starts to describe the things that are within Lucifer, full of wisdom." Perfect in beauty, full of precious stones and covering and topaz and diamonds and and jasper and sapphire and turquoise and emerald and gold. And it says, the workmanship of timbrels and pipes were formed and prepared in him. And said he was perfect until iniquity was found in his heart. Here's another portion of scripture in Revelations 12, 7 through 9. It says this, it says, And a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. And it says, So the great dragon was cast out that, what is there? What's that word? Serpent of old, called the devil and Satan. So in one portion of scripture, we see him called Lucifer. In another portion of scripture, he's the dragon. How many of you in here have, have really loved God? I really love God. But I can't say that I'm perfect. During my study in time, uh, I found the hand of God heavy on me. And I don't mean that lightly. But I also found that the attack of the enemy heavy on me also. And I'd like to tell you that I was perfect during that time. Uh, but I opened my mouth and stuck my foot in it with my wife. Because the fallen nature tries to creep itself back in. For three minutes, I had this dissertation with my wife that I thought I was Satan himself. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. And I had to get out of the room and and I brushed my teeth and took a shower, came out. And I said, in my shower, I said, Lord, forgive me. And then I said, Sarah, forgive me. That's the old man talking. Husbands and wives, uh, do I have to go any deeper with anybody? Or do you know what I'm talking about? Because the fallen nature is defeated. It's defeated, but guess what? It's still alive on the earth today. A lot of times as Christians we think, Hey, 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 uh, I'm free. Yeah, you're free, but guess what? If you don't have some discipline and some action and some application and some focus, guess what? That fallen nature, even though you have victory over it, will wreak havoc in your life. There's a difference between being a convert... And a disciple for Jesus Christ. And we have to be disciples. And then we move on. And even Jesus said this in Luke 10 and he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Lucifer, Satan, he's a fallen being. He has ability, but in Christ we have authority. Listen to what I just said. He has ability, but in Christ we have authority. I like to call it the Humpty Dumpty syndrome. The Humpty Dumpty Syndrome. We know this one. Humpty Dumpty what? Sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty what? Had a great fall. And all the king's horses and all the king's men could not put Humpty back what? Together again. The fallen nature is trying within itself to put itself back together. And guess what? You can't do it. I've tried with drugs, with women, before I got married, praise the Lord, Extreme amount of tattoos, rock bands, uh, running and gunning, smoking and coking, and all these different things. Trying to fill a void in me that only God could. How many of you can relate to that? But guess what? When man fell, he fell from something to something. He fell from provision to lack. From confidence to fear, from comfort to pain, from connection to separation, from spiritual life to spiritual death. God created Lucifer, not Satan. Again, I tell you, the sin nature was not created by God, but chosen by Lucifer. The same scheme was introduced by the serpent, Satan, or the dragon, in the Garden of Eden. Here's some scripture here in Genesis chapter 3, 1 through 6. It says, now the serpent was more, what's that word there? Cunning. That word cunning means crafty. Skillful through deceit. That's what that word cunning is. The devil is not stupid. The Bible also says that we need to be mindful of the cunningness of the devil's devices, the scripture says. And it says, That any beast of the field which the Lord God made. And it goes on, And and he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but out of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. last it says here, so when the woman saw that it was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of it its fruit and ate. And it goes on to say, and she gave to her husband. A lot of people say that Adam was far away. If I eat something and say, honey, do you want some? She ain't over there. I'm not going to throw fruit across the restaurant. It's because she's sitting right next to me. So, guys, Make sure that the fallen nature doesn't take you out of position from taking care of your family. Do I need to say that again? Men, make sure that you're not out of position because of the fallen nature because if you do, you're not going to be able to take care of your family. Do you want to love your family? you want your your wife to love you back? Be in the right position in Christ Jesus. Let's move on before I go on a tangent there. God created men... But not in the fallen nature. Lucifer had to choose. Adam and Eve had to choose. And guess what? Today humanity has to choose also. Mankind's inner disposition changed from obedience to rebellion. God's jurisdiction and wisdom was replaced by, get this, was replaced by self-determination and pride. A big act of the fallen nature is this. I got it all together. I can do this. I don't need anybody. And men fall you know, into that because inside of you guys, God has caused you and wants you to be a leader. He wants you to produce. But if you think you've got it all together and think you can do it all by yourself, guess what? Then you and I don't need God. Look at me, guys. We're going to be starting some things here concerning men in the future. So keep your ears open. Mankind needs to choose Today, for the most part, humanity is seeking its own ways and not God's ways. Whether it's political, governmental, financial, and even at times spiritual, we need to choose God's ways, not our own way. I'm going to quickly go into five little things here as we continue to read on in Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 7, it says this, then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew they were naked. And it says here, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. What I want to tell you today, my first point, is this. That the fallen nature will cause you to cover and hide from your responsibilities. Watch. When I was a little kid, well, let's put it like this, because I won't talk about me. That's a, that's a bad story. Have you ever seen in America's Funniest Home Videos? Parent comes in like this. Then all of a sudden, the kid is covered in chocolate and flour and sugar and the kitchen's all messed up. Then all of a sudden, the mom said, did you eat this? The kid goes, no. The fallen nature or the corrupt nature causes you to hide, causes you to cover up. There are some things that maybe God wants to do in your life. But you were afraid to say, "Yes, Lord, it was me." There's been many times that I go, "I know I'm right," and then the Lord tells me this: "What are you willing to sacrifice for peace in your home?" Because if you're right, you don't have to prove it. But the that nature, that old nature, tries to creep in and say, "No, she's at fault." I'm pointing at her because she's my wife, but I can point at Pastor Muslim. It was just kidding. Watch, the fallen nature will cause you to cover up from your responsibility. The next verse says this, Genesis 3.8 says this, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And it says, And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The second part here is the fallen nature will cause you to run away from the presence of God. See, the fallen nature makes us feel like we're not good enough to be in the presence of God. Have you ever done something wrong and you know you were wrong and all of a sudden, oh God, I wonder if I'm even saved anymore. Nobody? Am I the only one? It's because that old nature wants to say you're not good enough to enter the presence of God. But it's not based on me. It's based on what Jesus did for me. Okay? Watch this, the next point here in Genesis chapter 3 verse 9, it says this, Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where, what, are, what, you, where are you? And it says that the Lord God was, that's all verse right there I think, so yep. Watch this, many of you have heard this already. Do you think God didn't know where Adam was? We've heard that before, right? Of course he knew where Adam was. And God knows exactly where we are and where we're not. The fallen nature is this. The fallen nature will cause you to forget your position in Christ Jesus. We become more sin conscious than we are righteous conscious. The fallen nature is not of God. Your spiritual DNA is not, is not weaved with sin consciousness. It's weaved with righteous consciousness. But when you are hiding from the presence of God, when you are running away from your responsibilities, when you are not acknowledging, hey, I was wrong, all of a sudden that old man starts to creep back in and we have victory over that old man. You know, you know what the problem is with some of us? Is that we carry coffins on our back. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Every now and then we get mad, we take the coffin off, and coffin out and we open up our coffin and we let the old dead man out. We gotta let make sure, watch, we gotta put that dead man dead man back in. But then we gotta bury that stinking thing and never pull it up again. That's the righteousness of God. The fallen nature will cause you to run from the presence of God. The fallen nature will cause you to forget your position in Christ. Genesis chapter 3 verse 10 and it says this. So he said, I heard a voice in the garden and I was what? Afraid. Because I was naked and I hid myself. The fallen nature will cause you to fear what the future holds. Because you're more focused on your inadequacy, the fallen man, the sin conscious man, And because of that, you have no confidence in the things of God. There was a time when I used to say, you know, I was born again. I was excited and I was doing things and traveling and doing a bunch of things. And you know what the scripture says? I had a zeal, but not according to knowledge. See, zeal is good, but knowledge is better. But now, it seems like the zeal has subsided. But not really. It hasn't subsided. It just focused differently. But when I have had the sin in my life where I thought I was right, and I opened up the coffin and the man came out. When the man did that, I didn't have confidence in the things of God. Because on my back was a dead man. And Paul says it like this, Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of sin and death? I'm going to get a little gruesome here, but you know what they used to do? When somebody committed murder, you know what they did? They took the corpse of that person and put it on their back and tied it to them. Kind of gruesome. Watch, it gets worse. Because the body would decompose and the toxins and the morbidness and the death on that body, on that person, would infect the bloodstream Of the other person and that person would die a gruesome death. That's a picture of how sin nature in our life causes us not to be confident in the things of God. Some of us are dragging our coffins around. And we have no confidence in the things of God. But inside of you the Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And here we're going to go to, to this portion of scripture here. So we talked a little bit about, it will cause you to run from your responsibility, cause you to run from the presence of God, uh, causes you to forget your, your, your future, uh, excuse me, the, uh, the provision and the promises and fear for the future. And watch what happens here in Genesis chapter 3, verse 11 and 12. And it says that he said, who told you that you were naked? Had you eaten from the tree which I have commanded you that you should not eat, and watch this, in verse 12, Then the man said, The woman whom you gave me to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. Guess what the sin nature causes you to do? It causes you to justify and it causes you to blame. I'm like this. Now, I'm going to be sensitive here because there are some truths to what I'm about to say. I'm this way because my daddy didn't love me. There's a truth to that. I'm this way, and I just feel, I need to share this, and it's, and it's not to be insensitive of anybody, especially women. I'm this way because I aborted a child. I'm this way because someone molested me. And there is some truth to that. But you have to ask yourself, is Jesus greater than the travesties that happened in your life? And the answer is yes. But if you focus more on what you do not have, you cannot have the victory that Jesus provided for you and says that you have today. There are some things that are happening in our our church. Freedom Ministries is coming up. Freedom Ministries, tap into that when it comes around. There are some some things that the sin nature or the fallen nature on earth has corrupted in people and there's pain involved and there's hurt involved. But that is true. But there's a greater truth that causes you to understand that Jesus Christ came to free me from the law of sin and death the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death I'm going to share these with you fairly quickly because there's good news the good news is that God did not leave humanity in the position that Satan the the, the deceiver the weakener of the nation he did not leave us there Watch this in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. It says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between you and her seed. And it says, And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. The next scripture, it says this in 1 Corinthians fifteen forty-five. And so it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. The next scripture says this in Romans 5, 19. It says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Many. Many. Say, that's me. I'm righteous. I am righteous. Not because of what I've done, but what the cross of Calvary did for me. You are righteous. Because of what the blood of Jesus did for you. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus Christ has been shed abroad in our hearts. And therefore we have access into grace by which we stand. I can stand today. You can stand today. I know a lot of you out here have great testimonies. Because you've chosen not to live by the fallen nature. You've chosen to renew your mind and have passion for the things of God. This is called the second Adam. Watch. So as by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Say that to me again. The forgiven nature of Jesus Christ, watch this, took our responsibility of consequences and placed it on Him. Listen, guys. If you can't get that simple fact in your thinking and in your spirit, you'll always live a defeated life thinking you're not good enough. The sin nature, the responsibility and the consequences of Adam's sin, my sin, your sin, was placed on Jesus Christ. The forgiven nature of Jesus Christ allows us to not run from but run to the presence of God. The Bible specifically tells us that we can come boldly and confidently through the throne room of grace to receive mercy and help in the time of need. I need Him every day. Because i got to deal with some of you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I need God's grace. I need, I need Him to help me. The forgiven nature of Jesus Christ reminds us of our provision and our promises in Jesus Christ. The forgiven nature of Jesus Christ makes us righteous, watch this, and frees us from all guilt and shame. That's what some of you need to hear today. That you don't have to be like your daddy, you don't have to be like your mom, you don't have to be like whoever violated you, you don't have to be like that. You don't have to have these thoughts. Is there a process? This is the only thing that you have to start with. That Jesus Christ came to free me and to make me righteous. Listen, guys, I love you and I care about you enough to tell you that when we walk out these doors, the fallen nature is still going to be there in your neighborhood. The Lord never called us to live an isolated life. He called us to live an insulated life. And the insulation is this, that greater is he that is in me. Than he that is in the world. The second Adam is still working today. He is still alive today. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He took back, the Bible says, the keys to death, hell, and the grave. So all the curses that the fallen nature tries to put on you, those keys now belong to Jesus. Yes. Pastor Tim always says this there is not a problem that you cannot find a promise. There is nothing locked that His key can open or show you how to open it. So you have to believe that greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Tonight we have some visitors. And we may have some others that that have come to our church, but they've never made a decision for Jesus Christ. In order to believe correctly you have to first start by inviting him to come into your life i tell people this this can't be your mama's religion and this can't be your daddy's religion this has got to be your relationship with him i'm still working on mine trust me i haven't arrived yet but as paul said i forget those things and i press and move toward that goal of knowing him i'm going to ask you to please just bow your heads and I want you to search your heart. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, to come into your life, you may have known about him, you may have gone to church, but you've never said, Lord, forgive me of my fallen nature. Come into my life and help me. There's no one looking around and stuff like that. I'm not going to embarrass you. Or I'm not going to ask you to come down here. But I do want you to acknowledge this That's me And if that's you on the counter three I'm going to ask you to please just Raise your hand really quickly One Two Three Raise your hand if that's you Raise your hand Oh there's one there Another one there Thank you, thank you, thank you very much Thank you You can put your hands down The Bible says that if one commits All heaven rejoices All heaven rejoices And if this service has all just been for you, then thank God that it's happened for you. And once you do acknowledge that, you have to ask him into your heart. I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin and redeem me, deliver me from this fallen nature. I acknowledge you you. that Jesus Christ Christ. is the Son of the living God. God. I ask you to come into my life life. and to teach me, me. show me, me. comfort me, and lead me. me. In Jesus' name, name. amen. Amen. Everyone look up here now. If that was you and I saw some hands, I'm not going to embarrass you. But I remember when I used to go to baseball games, I still do sometimes, football games, wrestling matches, all kinds of things. And people are standing, ah, and if I had to go to the concession stand, back in the day if I saw a pretty girl, or back in the day if I, if I needed a beer, like, I'm telling you the truth. I used to say, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, I need to get by, excuse me, pardon me, right? right? And why is it when we come to church, we have that problem? People say, why are you so loud? I'm not loud, I'm just saved. You think I'm loud? You should have seen me when I was in the world. I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you but if you have made that decision for, for real after the service is over I'm going to ask you there's Dave Sheldon over here. He's got his stand up Dave? That's him. He wants to talk to you give you a little book. We're not going to put you in a mass mailing list. We don't embarrass you. We just want to show you hey we've been where you've been and we just want to help you. Would you just please stand to your feet? I'm going to pray for you, and it will be dismissed. Father, Glorious King, I thank you so much for this time that we've had. That we understand that there is a fallen nature on the earth, but that we've been redeemed from that nature. And next week, when Pastor Tim comes, he will talk about the freedoms that we have in you. I thank you for every person that's here, that you've spoken to them somehow, some way. And that all glory will belong to you, dear God. Because it does. Thank you for somehow using me to touch their lives. But I thank you that you would visit them. Walk with them all the days of their lives. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, the comforter, the leader, the advocate. Be with us all. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you so much. Lord be with you.